Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. I literally just finished watching the film and it is, oh, it's, <laughs> it is something. And I wanted to jump right in. So guys, I am here with writer, director, David, oh God, is it Lise or Liz? It's Liz. It's like Lizzie McGuire or uh, Lizzie Pooh, Lizard. I got all, I got all those uh, growing up. So uh, it's the best way to remember it, you know. Same, same with my uh, my actual name. But I am here with writer-director David Liz and Camila Rodriguez. We're going to be talking about The Welder, which is going to be released digital worldwide on the 24th of this month. So that is so cool. This That's film, right. I know it says in like in the description that it's kind of a take on on racism, but there's a bunch more little not so subtle messages in it, which I thought was really cool, including uh, PTSD, relationships, uh, jealousy, all this, all of these things are all melded in, they're welded in <laughs> to the film. <Yeah. laughs> but welcome, guys. David, I wanted to ask you, as a writer or co-writer, where did this idea come from? Well, that's a great question, and I love telling the story. I have to uh, give a lot of credit to Manny Delgadillo. He's the co-writer and uh, a good, good, good friend of mine. Um, we started the uh, writing process. We wanted to uh, do a feature film. It was our dream always to, uh, to do a feature film. And after writing three or four different uh, scripts, we decided that we were gonna write something that we could actually afford to make because we are just like indie filmmakers. And although we wanna make the next, uh, The Shining, uh, we, you know, uh, we needed to do something that was it within our budget. So we wanted to go really indie, really guerrilla. So we started brainstorming. What kind of like horror movie can we tell? Like, what should the story uh, be about? And then Manny is like, I mean, he's such a genius. He's like, you know, we had to go back to our childhood because that's when we were really scared of stuff. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he, uh, he tells me his dad, when he was growing up, was a welder. And sometimes on Saturdays, the dad, his dad had to do extra work at the shop. So he'd take them in and there was like a TV in the shop. So he'd watch TV while his dad worked. And then every once in a while, when his dad was like in the mood, he'd uh, <laughs> decide to turn all the lights off in the shop. And then wearing his whole welder garb, the mask, the jacket, the everything, he'd hide in a corner. And then Manny freaked out, you know, he's a little kid. He's walking around saying, daddy, daddy, where are you? And then his dad would pop up and he'd have like the, the torch going full blast and it'd scare the, you know, the pants off of him. So he's like, man, I wonder if we can incorporate that. I've never seen like a welder, you know, monster type creature, you know, in a, in a horror film, uh, at least not a prominent one. Uh, like maybe we can uh, utilize that somewhere. So that was the uh, genesis of the, of the, uh, idea and it you know sort of like uh spiraled uh after that right well we always love when uh you know we we base our films on childhood trauma you know definitely <laughs> definitely well, yeah yeah manny's like i'm still traumatized and now yeah. every time i watch the movie i remember my dad traumatizing me it's just like this weird cycle it's it's, it's fantastic mm -hmm. <laughs> right well Listen, there some things, and this can uh, this can lead into the PTSD part of the the conversation as well. But, but you're right; there are things that terrify you as a child, 
And if you're lucky enough to be able to manifest it creatively and not have, you know, lingering trauma and have to go to a therapist, you know, twice a week, that's a, that's an absolute blessing. And you're right about the whole welder's mask and the gloves. You can't see, you have no idea what, um, gender, if any is under it, right. You don't know what they look like. You don't know color. It's very, the, the, the not knowing just amps up that creepiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also, you know, having the welder being a metaphor for uh, unity and putting broken things back together again. And obviously without giving out any spoilers, that's a big part of what the film is about. Right. And it does have a bit of like a, a Dr. Moreau feel yeah. to it. And there's been other films that have touched on, oh my God, we can go all the way back to Frankenstein, right? Definitely. Like, body parts. inspired by Frankenstein for sure. I mean, even William Godwin, the name of, uh, uh, of one of the characters, that's actually uh, Mary Shelley's grandfather's name. We, you know, we borrowed yeah. from it. We, we definitely are uh, throwing an ode back to Frankenstein. We, we understand that we um, are definitely inspired by that, by the story, Mary Shelley's story. And uh, we love it. And, 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 um, the world is definitely an ode to that. Right. And Camila, how did you come on board with this? <laughs> oh my God. Well, this is one of those stories that I, I told everybody when it's meant to be, it will be because mm-hmm. the casting came to me and I wasn't going to be able to make it. I was working and I told David, listen, I can't, I can't make it. And I don't think I can take those two weeks off. Um, I'm, I'm a nurse, so it's hard for me to take time off in a hospital for so long. I don't think I can commit. And he said, just comment, just come, just read. It's fine. It will be a good exercise for you as an actress anyway. So I did. And I went to the casting that day. You know, we talked like I was part of the movie already. And I was like, oh, my God. And everything worked out perfectly for me to take those weeks off. Everything flew without anything, any problems. Nothing was forced. Everything was very organic. And we clicked right away with David and um, he, he saw my performance and he said, you're Elisa. That's it. That's yeah. it. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. That's amazing. And, and it worked out at the end for the best. I'm really honored and happy that I was able to, to be part of this uh, feature film, which is my very, very first lead in a feature film in English. So it was a really big deal for my career as well. Oh my God. And the bragging rights back at work too. Uh, <laughs> yes. Everybody, no, everybody like it's telling me, when is it coming out? When is it coming out? I want to see it. I want to see it. So I'm really excited for everyone to finally watch it and enjoy it and, you know, see what we did with so much effort and love. I also like to mention one thing, like sort of like um, within the same arena, but we're talking about, I actually saw Camila in a movie at the Miami Film Festival a few months prior. It's a movie called Huracan, and she plays a role in that film. It's, it's a small role, but you know, they, they say there's no such thing as a small role, just small actors. And she really took this role and she made it her own and she was so amazing in it. And me and my buddies like that went to go for, watch the film, we're looking at each other and we're like, who is this girl? She's so good. I'm like, man, maybe we could put her in our movie. Um, so immediately after that i was like i don't know how we're gonna do it but we're gonna contact this girl we're gonna try to get her we didn't even know her name and we had to wait for the credits you know (laughs) (laughs) and then uh and then after that it was really just um 
we we didn't have like we didn't want anyone else. We we wanted Camila to be to play Elisa and uh, the universe, God, serendipity. They all came together and made it happen. And I'm I'm just like I'm so incredibly blessed and honored that 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 could, that I could be like a witness to this no. all coming together. Really, thank you, but, David. Thank you so much. She is perfect for the role, uh, David. I wanted to ask when when were you filming? Wow. Okay. So this is a good question. We actually <laughs> filmed right before COVID uh, became a thing, you know, so we actually shot in 2019 and end of 2019. And so we we begin editing and COVID happens. And so, as you know, the movie business sort of like shut down for a while, which was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it gave us um, what, well, you know, okay. As a director and co-writer, I, uh, it, it, I hate to like, you know, say that I wore all these hats, but I kind of did. I wore the editing hat too. I had to edit this movie. I had, you know, this is a low budget production. I had to wear all these hats. And so I edited the film and my biggest asset was time. Mm-hmm. Having the opportunity to sit down uh, without any other distractions because there was nothing else going on for months watching the film. I'd watched the film two, three times a day and I, I became OCD about watching this film and figuring out what worked, what didn't work, sending it to friends, like the original cut, which was, um, you know, very different from what we have today. And just getting feedback and seeing if like uh, the feedback lined up with uh, other people that had seen it and just trying to like make those executive decisions. And um, I feel like that time was so essential. It really helped make the film what it is today. Um, so, so yeah, we filmed all the way back end of 2019 and only now beginning of 2023 are we finally able to release the film, but what an experience, what a learning experience for me. And um, I'm just uh, so much more prepared and hopeful that there won't be another pandemic to slow down the process for my next film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I asked because I was, I was thinking uh, if Camila, she's a nurse, if it would have been any time after that that time period she would never have got the two weeks off unfortunately yeah. never never it was meant to be <laughs> absolutely yeah, it was definitely and she actually was able we had a couple of pickup days that did happen like were a little bit after the whole covid thing um that we were able to schedule i think it was like two days um that we were able to come back and just do a couple because the original principal photography was nine days um so that was which is quite short for a feature film yeah um so then uh and 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 so like coming back later on it was always a question of man we need these shots but the pandemic and the the uh, are we you know are we going to be able to get together like in a small group we you know we took our precautions it was a skeleton crew and um but yeah no i'm, I'm so glad that we didn't actually shoot we didn't have to like plan to shoot during that time because that would have just been terrible <laughs> Oh, you just, you know, you just, uh, you film everything outside six feet apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we kind of did that. The film is mostly outside, um, mm-hmm. which is a story in itself. Uh, Camila will tell you, we were filming in the summer, like end of summer, super hot in uh, South of Miami, about an hour South of Miami in Homestead, Florida, where the humidity was like at a hundred percent and the days were long 16, 17. I think one of the days was 18 hours. Our sleep at night was short uh, and very interrupted. At least mine was. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was like grueling. It was like boot camp uh, or something like that. You know, it was it was tough. And I don't know how 
Camila didn't just say, you know, screw you, David. I'm walking <laughs> off of this set. Never. Her. I should be <laughs> Never. <treated. laughs> she was no, just once so you cool. commit, you commit. And the house that we filmed, which is how old is the house? Like a, more than 100 years old? Over 100 years old, yeah. The second floor did not have any AC. So we were doing some shots there in the closet and all these spaces that were so enclosed and it was so hot. We had to like shoot and then go out for a little bit, take some air and then come back and do it again. So, but you know, I, I see all these um, moments as part of, of, of what you do in movies. You know, it's uh, the mosquitoes, the, the, the heat, the no AC and like no sleeping and whatever. It's part of, of, of what you sign up for. And it was, it was great. We all had a great team. Um, everybody helped each other. Everybody was so willing to just collaborate. And it was a great experience for sure. Moment uh, where Elisa is just sweat drenched. That you came back by that honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is real no sweat. <laughs> that was all natural. Yeah, so, this is filmmaking. Well, it's funny you mentioned. I know you're you're Miami based or Hialeah based. Yeah, I'm closer. I'm on a space coast, closer to like Orlando area. Okay. So that's I know humid. I feel you. <laughs> I yeah. Feel yeah. You. Oh boy. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, so you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. I feel like the mosquitoes in Orlando are worse than the ones in Miami. Uh, Because in Miami, if you're wearing pants and stuff, like, they won't get you. But I've been in Orlando in the summer, and the mosquitoes, I I think their little stingers got to be an inch long. They go right through my pants. (laughs) They bite me so hard, it's terrible. So you guys, I feel like you guys might have it worse. I don't know. Well, you know, we got all the theme parks, so the mosquitoes got to work harder. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) And Disney like sprays them so it doesn't like land like the mosquitoes don't come into into the the parks. But I guess then they 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 congregate on the outskirts, yeah. where's where everyone lives. Yeah, we don't have that Disney money. <laughs> we- uh, yeah, no, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, about Elisa, was she her character is is dealing with PTSD from her military experience, and this is something that I think a lot of people can relate to is having. Like we're, we were joking about childhood trauma, but seriously. And it's what I found, like, I literally went, uh-huh, when I saw it, because when things start happening in the film, again, we're not going to spoil too much. Things start happening. And her, her boyfriend, Ro, is like, are you sure? You know, kind of like, it, it. I wanted her to scream. And she says it a little bit, but I wanted her to scream at him. I'm not freaking crazy. Believe me, this shit is happening, right? Because isn't that something that you can feel like when you're when you're legitimately in like a PTSD or a mental illness and something happens and nobody believes you? And it's like the worst feeling ever, especially if it's like a loved one, like her boyfriend is to her. I, I just, I love the fact that you touched on that specifically. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was something that's, very near uh, to our hearts uh, in a terrible way, right? Because we all, I mean, at least I suffer from, I wasn't, I wasn't in the military, but I got hit by a car when I was in college. And like, ever since then, like it just like really PTSD and anxiety disorder and all that, like just became a thing for me. And I just um, felt like anytime you'd see it in a film, uh, it was always uh, sort of like a character, a caricature of what it really is. So I wanted um, the relationship between Elisa and Ro 
which is at this moment really a, a, in the film it's it, it's it's a struggling relationship because she's going through what she's going through and she doesn't want to share because it's too painful to share and he just wants to help in whichever way he can but he doesn't want to like intrude too much because he wants to sort of like give her space i wanted the relationship between them it, it, it has an interesting dynamic um like when you see usually like uh especially in horror films it, relationships are either hot or they're cold they hate each other or they're like super lovey-dovey and they're having sex in the ponds you know uh, yeah. but i wanted this relationship to feel uh, real and um especially within the context of what's going on she's suffering from ptsd so they're not going to be so lovey-dovey on top of each right. other all the time but there's still moments where you do see that they love each other and they care about each other uh they're just in this weird moment in their relationship where uh in, in, in a lot of ways they're both walking on eggshells because they're one is trying to get information and the other is trying to withhold that information because it's too painful um I but think, I, yeah, it, sorry it's it's funny that you said that because um the relationship that elisa has with Ro, it's it's kind of like he's trying but he doesn't know how to like, like you know there's there's when you suffer from ptsd when you have trauma when something's happening in your life no matter what everybody says no matter what any advice you get from from people it's never enough it's never you never feel that you are understood that you are that they're listening to you even her mom a uh, row it's it's not getting what she's feeling maybe not empathetic maybe doesn't know how to also she's holding information she's dealing with all this um pain inside of her that she doesn't know how to express also so um, definitely i think um it's um it's you know it's a stigma that we have created that it's you know we need to get over it and we need to move on and and, and then that's it it's it's you know life happens and then you deal with it and then but you don't deal with it the right way right so it's interesting because i did feel um some sort of um trying to work together as a couple but a disconnect at the same time because they're in both in different pages you know so it was it's interesting that you said that and i hope that it shows it does it comes across it does <laughs> I think it's a, a case of, you know how as a parent, you're like, nobody could love my child as much as I do, right? And when you're in this polar opposite, it's no one can ever understand how I how I feel because this it's so personal. It's so deep inside of you. And one of the crappiest things that people can do is say uh, that people suffering from PTSD or trauma are weak-minded as if as if it, like you said, as if it's so easy to just say, oh, I'm over it now. I'm over the fact that I was abused as a child or that I was, you know, I was in the killing fields as a military person. You know, it's like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm too stupid. <laughs> to, yeah. To be over it. yeah, I think it's pretty crappy that you're right. The way it's been been treated. Yeah, it's and changing I now, I think. For a woman, right? Um, I think that that was one thing, too, like for um we wanted to show like how different it is for a woman. Uh, men, you always see a story of PTSD in men mm -hmm. uh, and you see it, especially when it's military. Right. But you never hardly ever see it, especially in films. Right. 
up with a woman. So um, that's also gives it a different perspective. And just Camila just absolutely embodied that. I just I I don't even know where she got it from, to be honest, because <laughs> I, I I I didn't tell her to do that. She did half the things she does. I didn't tell her. She did it on her own. So it's just. It's, it's so funny because they were they were making fun of me on set because I tend to be very geeky and organized with my script. So I, I have my script in a folder and then to get into the space of what the character is living, then I, 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 I look up pictures online about what the situation is. So then I have all these images that I can look at and I get into it with my music and then I highlight everything. So I would have everything. So... <laughs> organized and and describe you know i did research of course you don't want to just assume that that's the right way of feeling or acting or you know you want to go into the psyche of that of elisa you want to see what it's like and you want to research and see interviews about um ptsd and 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 abuse and all these things so i is it i definitely did my homework in that sense and they just, it just, um, I don't know how to explain it. You, you get um, soaked in the feelings and you get soaked in the situation and then it just kind of, kind of pours out of your skin. And um, I think that's what, that's, that's what helped me too. And that day that, that one of the first scenes that, that happens in the film that it's, um, gives you a hint of what happened. It was raining out of a sudden. It was so the 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 weather was part of the scene mm -hmm. as part of the feelings and the emotion and it was I think it came out so beautiful because it was all put together um, by the nature of gods and and he <laughs> gave us that little rain and it, it just made it so perfect. That was crazy <laughs> to me. That was one of the craziest things because the scene that it's cut with which is like her character at home it's like a rainy day a rainy night and it's supposed to like in the script it's supposed to be raining when she's like you know uh in the dream and i mean we were just gonna like try to do it in post but then it started to rain and we're like what the okay we gotta do this it's just what of like in that moment and then it didn't rain at all i feel like throughout the rest of the production <laughs> So it was just serendipity at its best. It's just crazy. Like when, when you like plant yourself and you say you're going to do something, it's like the universe says, I'm going to get out of your way. Just, I'm going to help you. It's crazy. Well, listen, filming in Florida, you just have to wait till 3.30, right? Yeah. Get <laughs> your thunderstorms. True, true. Very true. Well, I think in a film that is on the surface, a mad scientist you know type story um who in his strange way is trying to cure racism but going about it horrifically <laughs> but on the surface of this horror mad scientist you know crazy doctor film it's got this heart and i think that's so freaking cool and, and you t like i said at the beginning you touched on all these little you touched on relationships you touched on um the consequences of people's actions, you know, you, and you touched on the PTSD. And I think that it just, it was very well done. Thank you. I'll try not to gush, but it was very well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Much.
Thank you. And it's good that you said that actually, because I feel it's very important to humanize um, mm -hmm. monsters in every situation because everyone has gone through something that made them the way they are right now. And if it's not, you know, if it's the, the person, the, you know, our, our doctor that when it's, it's not what you expect to be because he also had PTSD in his own way and he didn't know how to deal with it. And he didn't know how, how to like make sense of it. And, and then, you know, the rest is history in the movie. But I really like the fact that you can, you can see images of, of his life and, and understand that, you know, what happened and, and, you know, give him a heart and, and understand a little bit of his, of his side, of course, if you can, but. That's um that's an important point. Well, and I think for for people when they're watching, they're gonna love that twist at the end that does um, shine a little bit of grace on this crazy man. It it doesn't explain fully his descent into madness, but it it gives you an inkling, and you go, oh, well, I still hate him, but I get it. So, well I done. Agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, and that's that. You know. It's tough, right, to to flesh out every single character as as much as uh, as we'd like. Uh, definitely, especially in a in a hour and a half film. But uh, we wanted definitely he's the antagonist of the film, and as much as we want to sort of give a reason why he did what he did or thought how he thought, we also wanted you to still hate him because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We want you by hating him, then you love Elisa. Uh, right. So, so by withholding some some information there, we we felt that it was a stronger uh, choice for what we were trying to do. But hey, who knows? Maybe in the sequel, we'll we'll go into more details. And there you go. <laughs> well, and you're right because it is. It's just enough for people to understand the reasoning behind it but again like you said to not forgive him because it's like that's not enough that's a horrible thing that happened yes but it's not enough of a reason to go bat crap crazy you know yeah. totally <laughs> <laughs> and listen camila knows as a nurse she's she has probably had reasons to go bat crap crazy after a, a long shift I worked in the hospital as well and there's some crazy people in there so yes <laughs> i know i know Talk about a little bit of PTSD, but <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. As a nurse, Camila, I'm sure you have a lot of stories of well, also, but like you, you, you deal with a lot of. The, are you still working with the babies? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So it's a, it's a, it's totally a different environment from any other floor because most of the time it's a very you know happy. Our moms are not sick. They're not there for. They're there to give birth and to have their babies. So um, it's a it's a different environment. Of course, there's moments that there's sad moments, and and we I work in a hospital um, that it's a high risk hospital. So a lot of the sick moms around Miami are transferred to us. So we have all these problems with them. But at the end of the day, when they deliver their baby, it's something beautiful and magical. So yeah it's uh you know it's it's funny because also um so we i see so many so many women coming to our floor um we are in, in a i work in a public hospital so we have a lot of demographic we have immigrants we have 
uh, moms who are in a psych ward, moms who come uh, from, from, you know, they're incarcerated and all these things. And I tend to also study a lot of these moms and get, um, you know, things from, from like little, little parts of their story as an actor. I like to observe and then it definitely helps me to understand the spectrum of what a woman can be, you know? So it's, uh, it's really cool that I'm able to do that. And I love my job. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm able to do a nurse, um, my nurse job and then work as an, as an actor as well at the same time. Right. That is a definite, that's definitely a different floor because on the most part, everybody intended and they're happy to be in your department. Not like the emergency room, let's say. Yeah. No, I take my hat. I take my hat for these nurses who work in ICUs and the emergency departments and, you know, general floors. I just feel like oof, they are the true heroes <laughs> of, uh, of the hospital because it's, it's really, really, really tough. Not saying that my floor is not tough. It is, but it's, it's just compl- it's different. It's a, it's a different environment for sure. Well, absolutely. I mean, I remember yelling at my nurse when I was giving birth, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we take it all. You hold our hand, you scream, and that's your process. We don't even judge. We don't take it personal at all. <laughs> I appreciate it. David, what is up next for you? Well, um, that's a good question. We are, Manny and I are back at it, the dynamic duel. We are in the process. We're, we're battling between two ideas. We have, actually, there's a third one, but there's two uh, main ones. But uh, we're definitely going to stick with horror for our next film. And we, um, we already have an outline for The Welder Part 2. So, guys, if you go out and watch The Welder and it becomes successful and there, you know, there's a need for it, we will create a, sec- a sequel. We have it ready to go. But in the meantime, we're going to go... Um, uh, into a different area that's probably just as uh, fear-inducing, maybe even more uh, more visceral, if you can believe it. Uh, the film is called Grandma, and it's about a family living with their grandmother. The grandmother is suffering from Alzheimer's, and Manny and I have a lot of experience with this subject because his grandmother recently passed away. She had suffered from all, with Alzheimer's for a few years, and my, I call her my adopted grandmother, uh, but basically she's, I, I, my, I'm just going to, for, to simplify the story, my grandmother, she also had Alzheimer's for 10 years and my mother took care of her for um, that time until she passed away. So we have a, uh, we saw a lot of the things that happen to somebody as they progress in the disease. And we always wondered to ourselves, which is funny that him and I both had the same thought, like what's going on inside? Like mm-hmm. how conscious or not conscious, like what demons are running around in there? And so we wanted to play with that concept. And so we're developing a script at the moment about just that. And it has like some really cool thriller things there. Are, of course, we're going to stick with the social um, aspects, elements that we love, that we mm-hmm. also explore in The Welder. And uh, it's it's what we believe will be our next project. See, I was going to make a joke about now it's time for your childhood trauma. But then you told me this story. Now I feel like an asshole. So. 
Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I have so many. I have to figure out yeah. which uh, childhood trauma I want to talk about. Right. And Alzheimer's is something that can be scary. Just in again with the the not knowing. And you're right. What's going on? You know, I I would love to imagine a grandma and put in her mind she's battling demons. You know, with a glowing sword. You know, she's slaying them left and right, or yeah. they're getting God forbid. You know. So this is a this is a pretty cool concept. You're gonna yeah. have to walk. I know so yeah yeah it definitely there is a fine line to walk um this is something that a lot of people families they're dealing with it at the moment with their loved one um all across america all across the world so we want to be respectful mm-hmm. of it um we just sort of want to take it from an angle see it from a perspective that perhaps people haven't considered or seen before and um, we've been watching films out there now that are about Alzheimer's and, and all this. And we, first of all, we haven't really seen a horror, a feature horror mm-hmm. that deals with this subject. Uh, so we think it's kind of like a, a nice little niche that we can sort of, um, play with. Right. And I, yeah, right. I don't think it's been widely seen before. And again, with Alzheimer's, I if I even like start to think about it, what they go through, what they're experiencing in their mind, how scared they must be, how confused. If I forget something and I can't remember it after like a minute, I start to have a panic attack. You know, I can't imagine like what they go through on a daily basis. This will be interesting. It's terrible. And like, just the fear that like, what if it happens to us? Like that's, the scary part, like, cause you don't know who it's going to happen to. It could happen to me. It could happen to anybody. And we really just don't know. Uh, and I think there's a lot of fear in that too. in the not knowing, will you be the next one? Uh, and, and then you see how people treat, uh, you know, somebody, especially at the beginning, when you're beginning to lose your mind and nobody knows exactly that you have it yet. It's kind of like, uh, People treat you bad, like they think you're you're acting dumb or you're being stupid or you're being uh, selfish or you're whatever it may be. But you're doing it for and yeah, for attention, yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's 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 isolating, right? And you're going through this biological thing, and nobody knows, and you don't even know. It's just, I mean, there's so much to explore. I mean, I feel like I could do a thousand page script on just everything <laughs> terrible about this disease and. So I think it's just about time that a very scary horror film is made about it in a respectful right. way, of course. And Right. And, and ask the questions that other people are asking, but or they want to ask and they're afraid to ask, you know, I think that's cool. Well, obviously, Camila is not going to be able to have the part of grandma. But Camila yeah, she's was- a little too young for grandma, but. There's a there's other characters in there that are <laughs> grandma is not really the main character. Uh, gra- the granddaughter is the main character. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So don't put him on the spot like that because this is the first time I hear about the yeah, yeah, yeah about yeah. this awesome, by the way, script yeah. and and storyline. So yeah, yeah. let's see, let's see. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> Camila and I will talk about this behind the scenes because this is news to her. <laughs> this if this goes 
all the way. I want to be the first interview because this was my idea. <laughs> okay. Hey, you keep us, you keep us, you keep us fair. You keep us good. We'll, we'll uh, keep a, keep the promise. We'll keep the promise and we'll come back and we'll, we'll do you first for sure. I will be more than happy to keep working with David because he's an amazing human being. He's such a nice, you know, kind director, a person that you can trust that he can listen to. Like I remember there was one scene that it was so tough for me to do because we we were, we kept doing it for so long. And then that the moment of me being on, on camera, I was drained. You know, I, I'm starting to learn how to not give 100% uh, all the time. I come from theater background, so you, you know, I, I need to know how to, like, give 30 with 50. But I was giving 100% every take. And at the moment that I had to go and do it, I, I just I couldn't do it. I was freaking out. I was in the back of the car somewhere. Everybody, they're like, cut, let's go and eat something. And it was, it was going to be my turn. And I just called him. I was like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. I started crying. I was frustrated. I was, and he was like, okay, I understand. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's use everything you have right now. And let's do it right now. And he called everyone from the kitchen that they were eating, about to start eating. Let's go. We're going to keep doing this. And everybody came back. We did it. And I feel so supported by him. I feel like, oh my God, he, you know, he listened and he heard me and he was my, my, my cheerleader to, to be able to be, to, you know, to explore, to explore that. And it was, so yes, I would definitely would love to keep working with David. It's, it it was an amazing, beautiful experience. Well, thank you, Camila. I appreciate that. Oh, don't what? sound so surprised. I've always <laughs> told you this, sir. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But you know what? I remember that moment. And it was like when you told me that, I got like, I got scared. I was like, oh, my goodness. We need this moment. And like, she's ready now. And she's about to like, you were like about to. I was like, losing it. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're going to be done. I'm, and in my head, I'm like, we are either going to capture lightning in a bottle or we're going to, you know, go down. Uh, in flames trying to capture it and so i'm like <laughs> you know what camila everything that you feel right now like that like you said you told me use, use it, it right yeah. now let's go <laughs> that was so great yeah. that was such a great thank moment. you for that thank no, you I always course. remember that yeah thank i you. always remember that too it was such a wonderful <laughs> moment and uh yeah i i think that if we um can get this script together i have to I mean, I, I would be an idiot not to put you in my movies again, because not only are you, you such an amazing talent, it's just like easy to work with you. So here we are. Be um, free to do castings. Be free to do castings and see other people. And then, you know, <laughs> then you'll decide. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, no, it's just um, uh, I, I'm I'm just like always when I think back, I'd like our journey everything that we've gone to from the beginning, from when I first saw you in Huracan to like now, like what an amazing like ride we've had so far. And it's just getting started because the movie hasn't even come out yet. Oh my goodness. And it will be out digital worldwide, February 24th, The Welder, which is this film is messed up in all the best ways, if that makes sense. But I want to point out that I'm about four-ish hours from you. So, you know, Call me. Hey, wait, wait, hold yeah. on. I, I think uh, we might have a role for you. 
I love it. Let me call Manny. Manny, I need you to write a, a role in the, in the next script. <laughs> <laughs> be grandma. I'll be grandma. I can forget something. I'm, I'm sorry. You're a little too young for grandma, but uh, maybe we'll, we can figure something out for sure. <laughs> you know, in, in uh, The Welder, my buddy, uh, George Pico, he plays the Uber driver. And oh, no. originally that scene did not exist. Like the, uh, the characters, they talk, they're at the cafe, right? They talk, I'm not going to say too much, but they talk about what they're, you know, what they want to do. And then they, the next scene they're there. Right. But my buddy, he's, he tells me, Hey man, I want to be in the movie. Is there anything you could do for me? And blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we can. And we, I, I end up loving that, that scene where I think he, he adds a little bit of comedy Mm -hmm. And um, it just uh, it, it gives an opportunity for like the characters to also sort of like settle in to where where they're going and all this. So, right. And he also he also plays that part of, you know, the the fisherman on the boat that's delivering, you know, Dr. Grant to Isla. Was yes. Isla. And, and he's like, don't go there. It means death. You know, yeah. and the Uber driver's kind of, in a way, playing that part as well. He's like, I don't know, it's the end of the world, or, you know, it's the... And he's, like, creepy, and he, like, yeah. does weird things, and he's, he's like, like, a little too loud, and he's just perfect. He's just, like, weird in his own way, which right. just, like, I feel like that added so much. And I think... Not we can go on and on, but I think that as well is something that people can relate to when they take an Uber or a taxi and they're like, "Am I going to die?" You know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, we've all had uh, that weird Uber driver that we weren't sure was taking mm -hmm. us to our destination or taking us to you know factory town, uh, you know, to to throw our body in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, David, can people follow you on social media? Oh, yes, please, guys, follow me on social media. My personal social media on Instagram is at David Liz Films, but I encourage you to follow the Welder's Instagram at the Welder Film. There you're going to see updates about the film. The trailer is up. That's our latest post. We haven't posted anything else after that because we want people to focus on the trailer, um, which Terror Films did an amazing job putting together. I love them. Terror Films has been so good to us. We're really excited to have them as our distributor. So uh, follow them too at Terror Films on Instagram. All righty. And Camila? Instagram account is at Camila Rodriguez TV. <laughs> TV. I'm practicing my, yeah, you know, I'm practicing my B's and B's because I don't know, growing up, I'm from Colombia. We don't really pronounce the B's differently. We say, you know, it's V and we say BB no matter what. So I'm trying to say V as a Victor TV. <laughs> so at, um, I hope I'm, I'm doing a good job on that. <laughs> You're doing fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, thank you for joining me. This film was incredible and I can't wait to see the next one. Thank Yay, you, thank so, you much. so much for having us. This was awesome. I appreciate um, you. Hey, we're going to have a, a sequel to this uh, podcast. So absolutely. Well, this won't be our last time on here. Absolutely not. We're going to be going forever. We're going to have PTSD Good. 20 How about this. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Take care. Um, have a Bye. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.